Welcome to another episode of Colts Call In. I'm Kent Sterling about the Colts and the Texans. Finally, we've got real football coming this weekend. Colts football, not preseason football, not preseason camp, not OTAs, not mini camp, not the draft, none of that stuff. This is real honest to God football that means something to the Colts. And I will tell you exactly what it should mean to the Colts. It is that there's a huge difference if you win your opener or you lose your opener as to whether you got a chance to get to the playoffs or not. Let me explain what that is. Over the course of the last 20 seasons, this goes back to when the NFL expanded to 32 teams. 319 have won their openers, 317 have lost. Why the discrepancy in 2017, the Bucks and the Dolphins were scheduled to open the season. They didn't because of the weather, so their openers were the following uh, weekend, and they both won. But it can't, it, it, so anyway, it, you've got 319 one openers out of that group. 166 made the playoffs, and 153 did not. Out of the 317, so virtually the same sample, 76 went to the playoffs, and 241 did not. So you've got about 50-50 to about one in three. That is a significant difference. It's about a 28% difference in in going to the playoffs, and it's a 20% difference as to whether you're going to win the division. And because this game is on the road, and because this game is against a divisional opponent, it is especially necessary that the Colts find a way to win this game. If they don't win this game, I really don't know what to tell you. It is uh, it is not going to be a a great uh, portent of things to come for the Indianapolis Colts. Let me go through a couple of things, and we'll open it up to callers. Uh, reasons to be optimistic. We always do Optimism Wednesday on the YouTube channel and, and on the uh, Spotify podcast, the Apple podcast. It's always Optimism Wednesday because, frankly, you know, it, it, when you're coming off a season when you're nine and eight, it's easy to get a little bit dour and depressed and, and harp on the negative and be a little bit cynical about Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and the entire process. Here are some reasons for optimism, 10 of them, that the Colts are going to be able to win on Sunday afternoon in Houston. Texans, they're going to hang their hats on stopping the run, but nobody's better at running the ball than Jonathan Taylor, and that offensive line of the Colts is really, really good at run blocking. So the strength or the supposed strength of the Houston Texans mirrors the actual strength of the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are going to run the ball. They ran the ball in the two games last year against the Texans against Lovey Smith's defense. We know Lovey Smith is a new coach, but he was the defensive coordinator last year. So this is nothing new for the Texans and what they try to get done on the defensive side of the ball. They ran for better than 400 yards last year in those two games combined against the Texans. Matt Ryan is the second reason. Matt Ryan is committed to winning, not some arrogant, wacky ideology. All right, you know who I'm talking about there. Carson Wentz wants to play football Carson Wentz's way. Matt Ryan just wants to win, baby, win. And so Matt Ryan's going to go into the game on Sunday, and he's going to do what he's got to do to win. And if that means checking down and hitting Naheem Hines or Jonathan Taylor in the flat, that is what he is going to do. Number three, the roster is healthy. 
Sanchez, Watts, Ogletree, notwithstanding, uh, Shaq Leonard spoke to the media today. He did not sound optimistic about his availability this coming Sunday. Uh, he was limited today, by the way, as was Dennis Kelly limited. For the Texans, they got a couple of backup defensive linemen who didn't practice today. We'll find out tomorrow whether they're going to go or whether they're not. We're also going to find out tomorrow whether Shaq Leonard's going to go or not. But again, Leonard did not sound optimistic about his ability to play on Sunday, so I'm not. If I had to bet right now, I would say Shaq's not playing. Uh, Number four, Philip Dorsett is listed as a starter on the Texans' depth chart on ESPN.com. You remember Philip Dorsett, first-round draft pick 2015 for the Indianapolis Colts. They traded him to the Patriots for Jacoby Brissett. He didn't do anything with New England, and now... He is with the Houston Texans. Very, very fast, not very dynamic. All right, number five, the Colts have won the last four games they've played against the Texans, and they're 31-9 overall. So there you go. Who better to break this run of eight straight season-opening losses against than the Texans, and especially on the road? Uh, last year, the Texans ranked last in yards, First, these, this is actually, we could break this down into many, many reasons to be optimistic about the game on Sunday. Uh, the Texans ranked last in yards, last in first downs, last in rushing yards, last in rushing yards per attempt at 3.4. My God, Jonathan Taylor runs for two yards more than that just by himself per carry. They were 31st in rush yards allowed points allowed, rushing TDs. They were 30th in points per drive uh, and 27th in points per drive allowed. This last year was a terrible NFL football team, the worst in the NFL for my money. And and obviously, I mean, the Colts won their two games last year, 31 to three and 31, nothing. Uh, Here's number four or number six. Colts rang up 412 yards rushing against the Texans last year. We alluded to that a little bit ago. They have outscored the Texans 115 to 43 in the last two years. All wins, obviously. Uh, Number nine, fresh tires for JT. Jonathan Taylor has done nothing in game action that would take any kind of tread off his tires, right? He is ready to roll, and we got to hope that it doesn't take him a lot of time to get up to game speed. You know what I mean? He got to hit the ground running. You can't limp into the season like last year, first four games last year, four of the first five, not terribly good, not terribly productive. Then he got rolling pretty good. He's got to hit the ground running this year. You cannot be one and four to start this season with your most effective offensive tool uh, being stopped. You, You just can't. Jonathan Taylor has to get going. And then number 10, Jonathan Greenard and Mario Addison, are the Texans' sack threats. You know what? And and I know that people are a little bit worried about Greenard going up against Matt Pryor. Uh, I'm not. I think Matt Pryor is going to be okay. I think he's going to be a step up. And that's really what you look at when you look at the Colts this year and the changes that they've made. He's going to be better than Eric Fisher was at left tackle, right? Matt Ryan is going to be better than Wentz. Stephon Gilmore is going to be better than Rhodes. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is going to be better than Payne. Payne's going to be better than Al-Kadeen Muhammad as Payne moves to the left side of the line. All right, let's open it up to calls. We have gone through the reasons to be optimistic, right? 
and we have gone through a little bit of the injury stuff. Do you want Shaq to play? Is Ballard wearing you out? Like, there's a little pomposity, and I actually like it with Chris Ballard. I like the way Chris Ballard is pompous about the way he does his job as general manager of the uh, of the Colts. You know, you got to have some arrogance to be at the top of the pyramid, and that's where Chris Ballard is. So I like him uh, bringing some arrogance to the job, but you've also got to win. Like Bill Polian, nobody has been more more pompous in that position than Bill Polian. Nobody. But he won and won and won and won. Now, granted, just one Super Bowl, but for seven straight years, the Colts won 12-plus games. They were the absolute uh, gold standard for consistent winning in the NFL. That's what they did. The Colts won. From 2002 through 2009, the Colts won and won and won. In 2002, they won 10 games. After that, they were off to the races. And in 2009, listen, here's the thing about Ballard. And and here's what he's got to look out for. And and Reich is in this uh, cabal, too. It, Jim Irsay has got a long, long memory. All right, let's go to the calls. Andrew, how you doing this afternoon? You're on Colts Call-In. I'm doing great, Kent. How about yourself? I could not be better. I'm sitting out in the backyard where I'm going to watch a game on Sunday afternoon. It is an absolutely gorgeous day in central Indiana. I've lost my connection to Andrew. I can't hear Andrew. Andrew, are you talking? Let me see. It might be on my end, for goodness sake. Although I heard you say hello. Let's see if I get closer to uh, things, if I hear you a little bit better. How you doing? Oh, Andrew's gone. At any rate, yeah, I'm sitting out in the backyard. This is wonderful back here and uh, a gorgeous day in central Indiana. And I hope for the same on Sunday as the Colts take on the Texans. And, and I know it sounds, you know what, you sound a bit like an idiot saying it's a must-win game, right? But it is. It's a must-win game. You got to win this game if you're the if you're the Colts. If you want to be taken seriously as a threat to win the AFC South, you have got to beat teams like Houston. And according to the numbers, they've got a 67% chance of winning this game. And in week two at Jacksonville, they got a 63% chance. And then uh, week four, it's a coin flip. It's 51-49 in favor of the Chiefs. So that's kind of the way this thing breaks out. And, and we'll see exactly how they play, right? Because you got to do it on the field. You can't just do it. You know, you, you can't just uh, do what you do with, with math. You got to play the game. And if you play the game and you play the game well, you should beat a team like Houston. If you go through an offseason after all of the come to Jesus meetings and the unpleasantness that occurred as as the Colts uh, kind of figured out where they were flawed as they broke down the 2021 season and tried to get a handle on why they missed the playoffs after being kind of almost completely in at nine and six, lost the final two games of the season here to the Raiders and then in Jacksonville to the Jaguars, who wound up with the first overall pick. 
in 2020, uh, the 2022 draft. You, you cannot go through this offseason and then throw up, a, throw up a stinker against the Jaguars. You just can't do it. And so that, that's where you are if you're the Colts. You have, you have met with your owner. Your owner has told you that this crap has got to stop. What do you need to be able to make this work? Okay, that's what you've got. Now you got to make it work if you're Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard is way too smart a guy, and Jim Ursay is way too impatient an owner for this thing not to get back on the rails, and that's what's going to happen. Or there are going to have to be changes, right? I mean, this is, this is the NFL, and, and you don't get to just be a nice guy and say, well, we'll try better next time, Skip, and, and go about your business in doing that. Uh, activate yourself as a caller. And uh, um, we've come in from outside, so I think I'm a little bit closer to the, uh, um, you know, the, the portal for online activity. And I think that'll take care of any technical problems we might have had. It might have been on Andrew's end. We don't know. Um, but you've got to, and Sheck Leonard not playing, does that make you feel bad? Do you feel that, like Chris Ballard, okay, this is put up or shut up time? Do you feel like for Frank Reich, it's kind of the same situation that it's put up or shut up? Uh, let's go back to Andrew. I'm sorry we lost you there, Andrew. How you doing this afternoon? Oh, pretty good. Sorry. A little technical difficulties. <laughs> no worries. Well, I just wanted to say that I think Chris Ballard is a little cocky because I think that he believes he has a really good team and he's waiting for the perfect quarterback to come through the draft. I think he's believes that he will have a team that is built that can win for years and years. I, I think that's why he's cocky. Well, where are you going to get this quarterback? I don't know. I, I think, I think that's, what he's <laughs> waiting on. that's why he doesn't draft one right, right away. I think he's waiting for this perfect one to come. I think that's what we're all waiting for, but I think that's what he is looking for and never wants to make a move in the draft because it's never this perfect quarterback. You know, I, I think that one of the things that kind of hamstrings Chris is that he he doesn't like putting a lot of chips in the middle of the table, right? And and so you look at what he tries to do is draft smart and then reward the guys that he drafts and not really go out of his way to try to upgrade through deals that involve the people that he drafts. Like Quentin Nelson, he looks at people in the media room completely cockeyed anytime that anybody suggests that Quentin Nelson – should be traded or not signed. I mean, he just scoffs and says, yeah, you got to keep your best players, no matter what the position. He said that last week when we talked to him at the Colts Complex and, and kind of scoffed at anyone who would suggest otherwise. When we look at it, I mean, if you look at Hall of Fame guards, right, you're talking about Larry Allen over the course of the last 30 years as being really the only Hall of Fame guard that's won a Super Bowl. You know, and, and so you're going to pay this guy 18 to $20 million to do what? You know what I mean? If you could trade him and move up in the draft and find your way to getting a franchise quarterback or, or trade several assets and get that franchise quarterback somehow or move into the draft to go get one like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, despite the fact that they had a starting quarterback at that point. You know, I, I, I think you've got to... 
you got to be creative and you, you can't be unwilling to break any eggs to go make that happen. Well, I agree with you 100%. I might be in the minority with you that think that it'd be great to move Quentin and get a little more draft capital to try to get that quarterback in. Yeah, and, and we are in the minority, and we get shouted down quickly on my YouTube channel in the comments section. People, people, they, they more than scoff. They, they kind of lose their minds. Quentin is as much to people in Indianapolis an offensive guard, a, a starting left guard, an all-pro guard, more than a starting guard. Uh, he's more a folk hero than he is kind of a, um, the sum of, of his contributions on the field to this team. Thank you very much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You too. That's, uh, that's Andrew. And uh, we always enjoy hearing from Andrew. Uh, if you want to join the show, please do so. Activate yourself as a caller. We can have a nice conversation about the Colts. I, I have nothing against it. People always equate what we do, what we talk about to hate. Like why you hate Carson Wentz? Why do you hate Quentin Nelson? I don't hate anybody. I just see them as not necessarily the answer to the question of how are we going to get to a uh, how are we going to get to a Super Bowl. All right, let's go to the call. I, I there's Ethan. How you doing, Ethan? Good. How about you? I couldn't be better. What are you thinking? Um, I have a question. Sure. So, do you think this game will go any differently from last year's two game with Davis Mills? Um getting more experience after his rookie year? You know, that's a great question. Um, they've still got cooks, so they, they've got some offensive weaponry. They've got the uh, they got Pierce starting at running back this year, but he was a fourth-round guy with 4.59 speed. I don't think they're going to be dynamic offensively. I would be really surprised if the Colts were able to, you know, bump their offensive output into the thirties like they did both games last year, because what I think Lovey's going to try to shorten the game. You know, I, I think that means running the football, Dinkin and Duncan trying to get first downs and milk the clock and keep the game as close as he can for as long as he can. So I don't think it's going to be 31, nothing or 31 to three. But I do think that the Colts find a way to win this game and Lovey's no fool. I mean, Lovey, Lovey's a little bit long in the tooth being 64. Yeah, Mike Woodson's age down at IU. I think Woodson is uh, 64 now. But you know what? He's seen a lot of football, and he knows how to win games, and he's done that a lot. What do you think about Quentin Nelson? What is the best answer, Ethan, in dealing with Quentin Nelson? Do you keep him? Do you trade him? Do you franchise him? What do you think that the Colts and Chris Ballard should do about the Quentin Nelson question? Well, for me, it all depends on how long Matt Ryan plans on staying and how do we get after this year, or how good we do after uh, this season if he plans on staying. But if if we have if we're looking for a franchise quarterback, I completely agree with trading him for uh, uh, to look for that key franchise quarterback for uh, for our future. Perfect. Thanks, Ethan. I appreciate it. That's Ethan. We enjoy hearing from Ethan. Uh, if you want to activate yourself as a uh, caller, please do so. Uh, I, I think that one of the things, here's the thing, people are, and I want to ask you this. And so if you've got a, a pithy answer or a, even a coherent answer, activate yourself. But people are saying that if if the Colts get off to another slow start, 
then Frank Reich's job is in question. And the seat suddenly gets hot because uh, Jim Ursay is not going to take it well, and he may make a change. Here's my theory on that, is that Jim Ursay has been in charge of the Colts as the owner since 1997. And since that time, when Bob Ursay passed away, since that time, the Colts haven't fired any coach midseason. They don't like firing coaches. They, they fired Lindy and Fadi. And that was really a function, I think, of Bill Polian at that point. They hired Jim Mora. Polian fired Mora after the 2001 season. It was after because Mora wouldn't fire Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. They hired Tony Dungy. Tony retires after 2008, right? Eight. Uh, Caldwell takes over in 09, 10, and 11. They fire Caldwell after 11. You hire Pagano. You carry Pagano really a year too long after 17. And then Ballard hires Reich. So there's been no like change of power at the coaching position for the Colts at midseason. And Jim Irsay has seen how damaging that can be to the franchise by watching his dad do it. His dad had a hair trigger. You know, if his dad wasn't feeling right and the Colts weren't doing well, Guys got shot. You know what I mean? The guy, guys were fired summarily and, and replaced, whether it was Ron Meyer or whomever. I, he, didn't, he didn't take uh, losing well at all, even in the moment. There was even there was a game, and Rick Venturi tells his story when he's the interim coach, and it was uh, they were playing against the Raiders, and Bob Ursay came down at halftime and basically told Venturi, throw the ball deep on the first play, told him what to call. So it, Rick's like, well, all right, I'll, I'll, we'll throw it deep. We'll see what happens. I think a ball gets tipped, winds up being a, a touchdown pass. I think Jeff George throws a, a touchdown pass, and all of a sudden Bob Ursay's thinking he knows a whole lot about football. You know, if you if you take advice from your coach or from your owner, and if you're a coach, you better – you know, or you're going to lose your gig, and the owner winds up being right. Like that's an even bigger problem than you would have had had you just, you know, Pasadena on the whole thing. Um, but that that story when Rick tells it is always phenomenal. And in, 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 by the way, uh, as we consume the Colts game against the Texans this weekend, uh, if if you do it on the radio, you're in for a treat. If you can sync up the audio with your radio and then the TV and turn the TV down, that's a phenomenal way to watch because Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi do an absolutely stellar job. Laura Overton on the sidelines, fantastic stuff. The, the Colts radio network is as good as it gets in the NFL. Uh, but if you think that Frank Reich would be in trouble or shouldn't be in trouble, activate yourself and tell me exactly why. I think it's kind of a, a fascinating question. Uh, let's go to Andrew. Andrew, uh, how you doing? Oh, not too bad. Well, I think he should be if he has problems, but I don't think he's going to have any problems with uh, Jim unless – they they would have to be have a really bad record or two mediocre records for the next two years before he would even consider getting rid of him. I think he's pretty safe. You know, and here's the one thing about Jim. 
I talked about this on the YouTube channel. Jim's got a long memory. Like Jim remembers that Frank Wright kind of stood on the table and said, Carson Wentz is our guy. We can get to the promised land. I will get to the promised land with Carson Wentz as our quarterback. And that doesn't come to pass. That will not be forgotten by Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay is going to file that away forever. And it's going to take, it's kind of like Pullian back in 2009, right? Remember when everybody gets pulled off the field, Peyton gets pulled, Brackett gets pulled. Everybody gets pulled off the field against the Jets as the Colts are 14-0, and 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 they're beating up on the Jets a little bit. And it's kind of like the Colts said, okay, we're calling off the dogs. We're going to give up this undefeated season potentially just because we're going to do it and we're going to try to make sure the guys are healthy to go to the playoffs. Jim Ursay was absolutely furious at that. That was Pullian's call. So when things went a little bit awry in 2011, Pullian got shot. And nobody can convince me that that wasn't a whole lot about that decision in 2009 to forego the chance at an undefeated season. Uh, Actually, you saying that makes me want to adjust my answer a little bit. I actually think if they miss the playoffs this year and Matt Ryan doesn't look pretty good, I think Jim is pretty excited about Matt Ryan, but if he looks bad, I think he probably goes this year. You know, he's one of those guys, and thanks for the call, Andrew. I appreciate it. Uh, He's one of those guys, Jim is, where hope sells, you know, and, and hope's real important to Jim. And hope is real important to the Colts franchise and to the Colts fans. And this year they have hope. You know, there's mathematical reasoning that to give us hope. The Colts are about a, a 74% chance to go to the playoffs this year. They have a really good opportunity. Expectations are high. And if you've got great expectations, man, you better deliver on them if you're uh, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard because Jim Ursay is paying attention to those expectations. Let's go to Noah. How you doing? I activated you, Noah, for goodness sake. Uh, and then Noah just dropped right off. Maybe Noah got tired of waiting. Yeah, patience. It's a virtue, Noah. Activate yourself again. We'll get right back to you. At any rate, you've for Jim, Jim gets excited. Like, this is Jim's deal. Jim, Jim Ursay does not have another business. Yes, He collects rock and roll memorabilia. He's got all kinds of fun stuff. He's got the the Jack Kerouac scroll thing, and he's got all these guitars, and he's got Ringo's drum set and all of that. And he does very well financially with those things. He's got the big party downtown tomorrow night at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm going. I got a ticket. I said, I got to see these things. Plus, you got the lead singer from Heart, that Wilson sister, the dark-haired one. You've got uh, you've got the Jim Irsay band, which has got Mike Mills from REM, Kenny Aronoff from uh, John Cougar. John Hyatt is going to be there. Buddy Guy is going to be there. It's going to be phenomenal. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go back to Noah. Make sure and unmute yourself, Noah. How you doing this afternoon? Good. How you doing? You just said that you're going to that concert tomorrow. Right? Yeah. That's the same one I'll be going to. Are you? Uh-huh. Cool. You know I what? It, I believe it. For free? That's an awesome lineup. Buddy Guy is like the last great blues guitarist still playing from that era. And uh, I think it's Nancy Wilson 
is the dark-haired one, kind of the portly heart uh, sister. John Hyatt, Indiana native, going to be awesome. And, and John Mellencamp's going to be there to do something. I don't know what. And I want to see all the stuff, right? I, I want to see, like, you know, uh, David Gilmore's guitar and, and a Pete Townsend guitar and Jimi Hendrix and Prince, the guitar that he played during the halftime of the Colts uh, game that, that Super Bowl down in Miami. I think it's going to be cool. What do you so, think is going to happen Sunday? So I got one more question about that. Yeah. So do you think when you're there, do you you get to go on the field or in the stands? I have no idea how it's going to work. I don't no know. I would hope it's going to be on the field because I want to go uh, maybe in the concourse. They have the display, but I would guess it would be on the field for security reasons. So I, I'm really not sure. I'm kind of interested in that myself. Okay. So Sunday, what do you think is going to happen? Colts are going to win, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it obvious? They could probably play their backups and still win. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) If Frank Reich's listening, his head just popped off his neck. Um, (laughs) You know, as bad as the Texans were last year, do you not think that they're – and I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think they're going to be much better. Houston fans on the YouTube channel and the comments keep talking about how Davis Mills is going to be better as a second-year guy, how Pierce is going to you know, change the running game, uh, how Cooks is, is going to be awesome again, and blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't see a defense that can stop the Colts from running the football, and I have no idea, even with Pierce – how the and he's a fourth round kid who ran a four five nine in the combine. I have no idea why that gives anybody reason for optimism down in Houston. The only team that relatively stopped our running was the Rams. That was like week two last year. Yeah, Aaron Donald is a uh, a complete freak, and that's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Thanks for the call, Noah. Appreciate it. Cool. All right, let's go to Will. How you doing, Will? Let me, uh, there you go. I got to hit the button and then you got to uh, unmute yourself. And uh, how you doing this afternoon? I'm good. I'm just getting off of work. Uh, but Ken, I'm with, I'm with Noah. I feel like if, if we play to any standard that we have been setting in this Frank Reich and uh, Chris Ballard era, we should not lose to the Texans. I feel like we should go down to Jacksonville and kick Jacksonville's ass because the way they put us out last year was un, it was un, it was just unfounded. Like I don't understand it. Like we were supposed to, for the last couple of years, we have been a Super Bowl team without a quarterback. Okay, like let, then, then let me let me ask you why you think that a team under Chris Ballard that has gone forty two and forty two since he got here, including the postseason, is somehow a Super Bowl team? How? Cause yeah. Literally, the quarterback controls everything in this game. Yep. If we had, if we had adequate quarterback play the last three years, we beat, we beat, we beat, uh, we beat Cincinnati going to Cincinnati. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. They can't, they couldn't, they couldn't stop nobody's running game last year. And Jonathan Taylor would have walked down there next. They couldn't stop nobody's running game last year. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Like, let's look at Cincinnati and how that was built. Right, you got Burrow, uh-huh. you got Chase, uh-huh. you got uh, 
you, you got wide receivers who can play. Yes. And, and yes. I, uh, the, the other guy, T Higgins, he was taken right before Pittman, but yes. you've got a team that's really invested in wide receiver play. And then you've got the Colts who, who drafted wide receivers in the second round and haven't taken a guy in the first round at wide receiver since Philip Dorsett and wide receiver is really important. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm under the belief of Chris. I'm under the belief of Chris. Wide receivers are not, they're not important. Look at the quarterbacks that they play with. No wide receiver, no wide receiver besides DeAndre Hopkins has been a top five wide receiver without a top five quarterback. Quarterback controls everything in our game now, today. They, like everybody say it's favorite to the offense. No, it's favorite to the quarterback. If you can't pass the ball, you can't do nothing. You can, like, we had the best rushing attack last year, and we couldn't do yep. nothing. It's not favorite to the offense. It's favorite to the quarterback. Can I see the keys to 18? I love it. Thank you, Will. Appreciate the call. Will's awesome. That's an excellent call. Will, uh, Will's, Will's passionate, man. Um, and I don't disagree with him. I, I agree with Will. You know what? We got a uh, – we. You do need a quarterback, but you also got to have wide receivers. And if you don't have wide receivers uh, that a quarterback can throw to, I don't know what you're going to do. You know, you, you got to get those guys. You look at Chicago, right? Look at the Bears. How, other than Allen Robinson, when was the last time the Bears had a real wide receiver? And then when was the last time the Bears had a real quarterback? Is exactly. it the chicken or the egg? You exactly. know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> So definitely the age. <laughs> I appreciate it, Will. Thanks very much. All right, go Colts Sunday, one o'clock, and then immediately after the game, we'll do this. We're back on call in. And uh you if you got something to say about what's happened here, uh or what will happen in Houston, what does happen in Houston, we'll talk about it then. Can't wait to talk to you. All right. Have a great weekend in the mean, in the meantime and t- uh, Saturday night. Go Hoosiers. Please beat the, the Idaho Vandals, can you?